Welcome to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your journey to better understanding your hormonal health and how it affects your everyday life. Hey guys, this is editing Leah here. I just think that our guest needs a little bit more of an intro than I gave her when she was on, so I'm going to give it to you now. Um, I started working with Angie, Dr. Miller, a, I don't know, a while ago, before I was pregnant. And I did it to help prepare for a better pregnancy. Um, some things that I had going on, I didn't even think were pelvic floor issues. So I had started running and I always felt like I would get about halfway into my run. I know I I was surprised I was running too. Um, and I would feel all this pressure. Like I had to go pee, but I'm like, I don't have to pee. And it was just weird. And so I had messaged her and was like, Hey, I have this going on. Like, is this a pelvic floor issue? Cause like, don't have any issues with leaking I just feel like I have to pee and she's like yeah it totally is and we set up a consult and I just learned so much about my pelvic floor (laughs) in 20 minutes that I had in my entire life and I found out you know my pelvic floor was too tight um which you know what do you guys hear all the time like do kegels do kegels do kegels um which she will talk about how that is a myth in this episode. But you guys, after two episodes, I mean, two, um, two appointments with her, um, I-, I noticed such a difference. And after just four appointments, you guys, my didn't have that issue with my pelvic floor anymore. I also, my posture was so much better. My digestion was better. Like, I hadn't done a single ab workout and my abs were popping like I could notice a difference like just in my stomach um post baby it was the weirdest thing but so awesome and then of course when I found out I was pregnant I continued with her because I want to have a much better um pelvic floor pregnancy than I did last time um I dealt with a lot of like pubic bone pain um so I am hopeful that this one will be a lot better working with her. So anyway, I wanted to give you guys a little bit more of an intro and then just because she's awesome. So um, enjoy this episode. Okay, ladies, I'm so excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. I have the most special guest to talk to you all today. This is actually my pelvic floor therapist, Dr. Angie Miller. She has a doctorate in physical therapy, and she specializes in women's and men's pelvic health, spine, and core rehabilitation. Um, She's awesome. I think that's the best intro I can give her. So I would love if you could just share just a little bit about yourself and what got you into um, pelvic floor therapy, because I know there are so many different fields you can specialize in physical therapy. Yeah, thanks, Lee. I'm really excited to be here, too. Um, So I really got started in the field of pelvic health, uh, really when I was in PT school, um, I chose to do my doctoral thesis on the effects of pregnancy and delivery on the pelvic floor muscles. And I had a really awesome mentor that just sparked this passion uh, within me. And after PT school, I continued to study with her and did several fellowships and internships in this field of um, pelvic health. And it is just um, really near and dear to my heart because these women and men with pelvic floor dysfunction um, are just really misunderstood as a whole. And so it's always been my goal to, you know, bring light to these issues that can feel really complex and mysterious. Um, but in reality, it, it can actually be simplified when we look at it from a neuromuscular standpoint. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. I want to backtrack just a tad and talk a little bit about um, the pelvic floor and what it is, because when I first talked to you, (laughs) I remember telling you what was going Mm -hmm. on. I was like, this isn't actually an issue, right? It's like in my head. You're like, no, I can fix that. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) could you just share a little bit about what the pelvic floor actually is and, you know, some things that it impacts outside of what we typically think. Cause I know typically people think you have to go to pelvic floor therapy. If, um, you have pain with sex or you, uh, leak all the time, like after having a baby, but those are like the only two things I've ever heard about, um, needing to go to pelvic floor therapy. So could you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of, I'll start with your first question of what is the pelvic floor? And then I'll, I'll talk a little more about, you know, what goes wrong when the pelvic floor is dysfunctional. Um, and then I'll get into how that's treated with, uh, physical therapy and specifically the methods that I use. So the, the pelvic floor, um, is really, you know, if you, if you imagine your pelvis kind of like a bowl, the pelvic floor is this layer of muscle at the bottom of your pelvic bowl. And so um, it has a lot of different, really important functions. Number one, sphincter control. So it should contract and relax around your urethra and your rectum to uh, prevent leaking, but then also to allow you to empty your bowel or bladder efficiently. These muscles also signal urgency to your brain. So there's these little nerve receptors inside of your pelvic floor muscles. They're called mechanoreceptors, and they're always sensing the weight of the bowel and bladder. And so when those organs get full, those mechanoreceptors sense that, and they'll send a signal to the brain so that you feel urgency. Um, Their next function is support. So these muscles support all of your internal organs. They support your uterus, your bowel, your bladder. They also support your hip muscles um, and your, your hips, they support your spine and they also support your abdomen. Um, they have really important fascial connections to your abdominal muscles, your hip muscles and your spinal muscles. Uh, These muscles also play a role in circulation and immunity. So this layer of muscle at the base of your pelvis should actually be moving all day long, kind of like a pump. And so these muscles um, function to pump blood and lymph back up to your heart um, to keep your organs nice and healthy. And another function of of these muscles that a lot of people don't really know about is that they're actually a respiratory muscle. They help you breathe. So um, they're also called the pelvic diaphragm. So you have a respiratory diaphragm that sits underneath your lungs and your pelvic diaphragm moves in unison with your respiratory diaphragm to draw air into your lungs or to push air out and expel air. And last is sexual function. So this is when we all kind of know they, um, these muscles bring the necessary blood flow to your sexual organs for arousal and for orgasm. Um, and so if there's anything going on with these muscles, any of those functions I just listed could be affected. Okay. So, um, yeah, I know that was a lot of information there. <laughs> I'm um, like picturing the <laughs> pelvic floor in my mind. I'm like, okay. Um, so right. what, okay. Could we talk about symptoms that people tend to experience when the pelvic floor goes awry? Because I think a lot of times people don't associate the symptoms with a muscle issue. Absolutely. Okay, so um, let's go through all those functions again. So when the pelvic floor is dysfunctional, um, you can have symptoms of 
uh, leaking, obviously, but then you could also have symptoms of difficulty emptying your bladder. So, so you could um, need to be pushing or straining to empty your bladder or bowel. Another symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction is constipation. So having to push or strain to empty your bowel. Sometimes we think that that is um, more diet related, which that's absolutely a factor influencing it. But a lot of times um, pelvic floor muscle tension can result in constipation as well. Um, Pelvic floor dysfunction can also cause urinary urgency and frequency. So that means, um, you know, having really intense, strong urges that um, come sooner than every two to three hours. So if these muscles are, are dysfunctional, it can make you feel like you have to pee all the time when right. really your bladder is not even full. Okay. Um, the, you can also have symptoms of um, pelvic pressure and pelvic heaviness, um, bloating. So kind of just like that, that feeling that like right before you get your period. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that pressure and heaviness in your pelvis can be a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. That Um, makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, hip, hip pain, low back pain, abdominal pain are all signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, frequent urinary tract infections, yeast infections. I didn't know that. Bacterial infections. Yes. So um, if the pelvic floor muscles are not performing their job of being a pump at the base of your pelvis to help to circulate blood and lymph, then, you know, the the vagina and the uterus and, and all of your pelvic organs and your bladder and your bowel are all at a higher risk for, you know, chronic inflammation resulting in you being more susceptible to infections. So yummy. Um, and then, yeah, the last, the last thing is, is sexual dysfunction, as we talked about. So um, pain during intercourse or difficulty reaching orgasm can also be signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm, those are so interesting. I did not know that about the UTI. I would have never ever guessed that actually in a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a really important role of the pelvic floor that um, we don't really think about um, because all of your, you know, so much of your, the, the nerve, the um, arteries and veins and, and lymphatic tissue is running right through your pelvic floor muscles. And so if your pelvic floor muscles aren't moving up and down all day long with you, mm-hmm. um, then you know, you get a lot of stagnation in the pelvis. Okay. That makes sense. Um, just, yeah. Just like if you stopped moving your arm, you know, mm-hmm. your muscles would atrophy and you'd get poor circulation and, um, you know, you'd have, you'd have problems in that area of your body. It's the same thing with the pelvic floor. Okay. That makes sense. So before we kind of go into obviously how you fix this, um, mm-hmm. What about <laughs> when yeah. everyone's told to do Kegels? Like Kegels are like the end-all be-all for your pelvic floor, <clears throat> or that's what, you know, the rumors around the internet say. Right. Yes. That's such a good question. And um, that is something that every woman needs to know and every um, healthcare provider that needs to know this, that, that treats women and even... Um, even if you're not a medical healthcare provider, even if you just are more of a um, personal trainer or, you know, somebody who deals with women prenatal and postpartum or with women with any sort of pelvic issues, it's so important to understand the role of Kegels because you're right. Kegels has kind of been, you know, talked about as being like the end all be all, like that's how you fix pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. So Kegels alone by themselves will not help all of those symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction I listed. And here's why. So your pelvic floor muscles are 
this is a, this is a really important fact for people to understand about their pelvic floor. Your pelvic floor muscles are not like other muscles in the body. So these muscles are primarily involuntary, which means we don't have voluntary control over the vast majority of the pelvic floor muscle fibers. So um, they're very different from like the muscles of our limbs. So like our glutes, our hamstrings, our biceps and triceps, these are voluntary muscles. So scientifically, 90% of the muscle fibers in our limbs are voluntary muscle fibers, which means we have to think to turn them on. And so they respond really good to sets and reps and conscious contractions. However, the muscles of our pelvic floor are actually comprised of 80% involuntary muscle fibers. So that means we only have voluntary control over 20% of our pelvic floor. That's not very so much. When, <laughs> that's not very much at all. So when you're doing a Kegel, when you're thinking of consciously contracting your pelvic floor muscles, you're only accessing 20% of that muscle. And so that's why Kegels don't stop urinary incontinence. They don't help with pain. They don't help with UTIs or you know, bladder infections, yeast infections. They're not going to change um, you know, issues with urgency or they're not going to help constipation. And, um, and Kegels by themselves don't you know, prevent hip pain or back pain or SI joint dysfunction because you're not accessing 100% of the pelvic floor muscles. So in order to really truly um, rehabilitate and, and treat the pelvic floor muscles so that they can achieve their optimal function, we actually need to elicit reflexes in the body that activate that involuntary muscle contraction of the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So, and so when, yeah. when we're also talking about the Kegels or just pelvic floor dysfunction in general, people can be on either side of the spectrum. Like they could have too weak of muscles or they could have too like tight of muscles. Correct. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Absolutely. So a lot of people think that yeah, if, if they're having symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction, they automatically assume, okay, my muscle is too weak or too loose or, you know, not engaging. Mm -hmm. But um, actually, 99% of people with pelvic floor muscle dysfunction have a pelvic floor that is too tight, so wow. too tense. So, so these muscles are stuck in a contraction and they're not letting go. And so if you think of, um, imagine like your pelvic floor, imagine that, you know, layer of muscle at the base of your pelvis again, and kind of think of it like an elevator. So the pelvic floor muscles should be resting in the lobby. And then if you need them to, they can go up to the first, second, or third floor, or you could drop them down to the basement if you need. But then when they're finished performing their function, they always return to the lobby. But if, a pelvic, if the pelvic floor muscles are in a spasm, it's like that elevator is like stuck between the first and second floor. And so when you move it, it only moves half of a story. And so it has a, a smaller range of motion, which makes it really weak. So okay. um, muscle strength is a result of the distance at which that muscle can move and um, the power or like the load that it can carry. And so if your pelvic floor muscles are too tense and they can't move through their full range of motion, they are there for a week and then leaking can occur, mm -hmm. urgency, frequency, pain, sexual dysfunction, infection, all of those things. Oh, it affects so much. So there are obviously it's called the balancing hormones naturally podcast. People are here for their hormones. Um, and after talking to you, I realized specifically with what you do and your method, how much, um, like the placement of uterus and blood flow and 
a happy pelvic floor affects your hormones. Um, and I remember this cause I was doing my intake forums and you were like, uh, when was your last period? Like, what's the color of your period blood? And I just like stopped and I'm like, she's asking me about my period blood. Like, I thought I was the only person that ever asked people that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was so excited. Um, could you talk a little bit about, um, because specifically what you do, I know has a lot to do with placement of the uterus. Could you talk a little bit about that and how like having a happy pelvic floor actually affects your hormones? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, my first answer to that question kind of comes back to that role of the pelvic floor, um, playing a, a, you know, a really big role in circulation and lymphatic flow to all of your pelvic organs. So if you have a pelvic floor that has a normal tone and a full range of motion and is um, not too pressurized, then you're able to, um, your organs will be freer and, and have a better placement. And so that hormonal regulation will be improved. So the, the position of your uterus is actually really, really important. And this is something that like, I did not learn in PT school. And this is something that, you know, the majority of our Western medical doctors don't view as a problem. So when you go to the gynecologist and you get, you know, your annual exam, they'll actually like notate in their note, if your uterus is um, antiverted, which means tipped forward or retroverted, which means tipped backwards or you know, leaning to one side of your pelvis or the other, they'll note that, but the, they won't say that there's anything wrong with that. But actually what I found is that when your uterus is not in her optimal position in your pelvis, she's not able to get adequate blood flow and lymph flow and nerve flow. And so all of her functions will be affected. And so you can have problems with um, you know, with menstruation, you can have irregular cycles, painful periods, um, you know, and, you know, that kind of comes into, you know, what the, what your blood looks like. So if your uterus is, say, you know, tipped forward over your bladder and leaning to the left side of your pelvis, well, your uterus is also a muscle. And so when, as your uterine lining builds throughout the month, um, if the uterus is not in her optimal position, the uterine lining won't be able to build nice and symmetrically around the uterus. And actually the whole uterus, she won't get symmetrical and adequate blood flow. And so, you know, little parts of the uterine lining will get thicker than other parts. And um, that can, you know, lead to other problems. But then when you do have your period, it, it can lead to like having more clots. And, and then the, you know, the end of the period or even the beginning of the period could be a little bit brown. Brown blood is old blood left over from last month. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, if your uterus is not in her ideal position, she won't be able to have efficient contractions during menstruation to shed the lining. And so the, you know, the blood can be brown or clotty. Um, so and really you should have... Yeah, go this, ahead. This can cause really painful periods, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that can lead to painful periods. Um, and even, you know, fertility issues. Oh, wow. If your uterus is not getting adequate blood flow, um, you know, then that obviously that hormonal regulation is going to be affected and, and fertility is, is naturally affected as well. Oh, that's so interesting because, um, the first time I learned about a, a tipped uterus, um, and I was talking to somebody about it, they're like, oh yeah, like my doctor told me I had that, but they said like, there was nothing I could do about it and it was fine. And I'm like, I, I just feel like that's not true. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. There's absolutely something you can do about a uterus that's not in her best position. Um, and actually the, all of the, you know, the methods I've kind of combined um, into my treatment protocol um, is really all based around centering the uterus because yeah. 
when your uterus is in her ideal position, everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. Bladder issues resolve, bowel issues resolve, the pelvic floor um, naturally resumes its ideal function. All the core muscles, you know, work, start working together in unison, in unison again when, um, you know, they're able to be reflexively triggered to do their, you know, their function that they're meant to do, which is support all of your internal organs and keep them in their best position. Which is so interesting because like nobody ever talks to you about your uterine position. <laughs> I mean, I, I never heard about it until I talked to you. I was like, wait, my uterus kept too low. Like, what is that? Um, right. So it's so important. How does that like, can this still help improve, um, fertility chances then with people with abnormal shaped uteruses, like, um, or is that uteri uterus from like the heart shaped, yeah. um, or I've heard of some that have like indent indents, like they're just not the typical shape and they have struggles with fertility. Would this then help them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, uh, the methods that I use to center the uterus, um, is not going to change the necessarily like a heart shaped uterus into a normal shaped uterus. However, it will, bring all of the adequate blood flow to the uterus, which is only going to, you know, make all of the conditions that that woman might be suffering from. Um, it's only going to improve it. Yeah. I've, cause I've heard about that all the time and especially women with heart shaped uterus. And they're like, I'm told that my chances of miscarrying are like 50%. Um, I'm like, that's really high. That seems crazy, but, um, it's, I don't know. This is like bordering on like my personal pet peeve. I wish that pelvic floor therapists were included in your prenatal care. Like, you know, you go to the OBGYN and, you know, they check the the heartbeat and they ask you how you're doing and you tell them all these symptoms that are going on. They're like, that's normal for pregnancy. And they leave and you're like, great. So I just have to suffer through this my entire pregnancy instead. Right once talking to you, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you can have such a better prenatal and postpartum journey. And I just, yeah, that's my personal pet peeve. I just wish it was included because, um, you know, you have your OBGYN saying, oh, there's nothing you can do about that. So that's what women think because they're going to their OBGYN, but obviously that's not their specialty is not like the pelvic floor. So it makes sense, but still frustrating. Absolutely. I I agree with you completely. Um, Yeah, Western medicine has really gotten to this point where we just we only treat when there's actual symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even worse is dysfunctional symptoms have been normalized. Yes. Like, yeah, it's like people think it's normal to pee your pants after you have a baby or while you're pregnant, but that's not normal at all. That's a giant sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. And pelvic floor dysfunction can actually be easily treated with Mm -hmm. um, postural and breathing exercises. Yeah. Which leads me to my next question. So how is your method and what you do different than just going to a typical pelvic floor therapist? Because I've also, I know not everyone's created equal and I have, you know, heard a bunch of people been like, I went to public floor therapy and it did nothing for me. Um, so I know what you do is very different and you do virtual, which, um, is awesome. Cause if I don't have to drive somewhere, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, yeah, what really makes my method different from, um, kind of the typical standard pelvic floor therapy is, um, I use, posture and breathing to trigger involuntary reflexive activation of the pelvic floor muscles, abdominal muscles, spinal muscles, and diaphragm muscles. And so um, my method is able to access the subconscious nervous system and create this synchronicity and coordination between all of your core muscles. So 
so that they perform the jobs they're supposed to perform, which is center all of your organs, keep them centered and supported throughout your day without you having to think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And keep your spine decompressed and keep all of your pelvic organs healthy. Um, So just a side note, kind of back to the typical um, pelvic physical therapy, that's, that's actually how I started out. So I I came out of school, out of PT school, you know, equipped with um, the standard pelvic floor therapist knowledge, which is, um, you know, your patient comes in, the first thing you do is an internal intravaginal exam, assessing their pelvic floor muscles. And then um, you put them on a biofeedback machine, which is where you, you know, put a little sensor um, intravaginally and have them do Kegels. And you watch um, how their pelvic floor moves, contracts and relaxes on a little screen. And then you um, tell them to contract their pelvic floor and relax their pelvic floor and and do all these kind of uh, voluntary pelvic muscle contractions. And I did that. I did that for years. And I found that my patients really didn't get that much better. And it wasn't working. And I just was like, this is not what I'm here to do. There has to be something better. And so um, that's really what led me to seeking out um, different methods to um, heal pelvic floor dysfunction. And um, in my exploration, I really found that you have to treat the entire person. You can't just treat only the pelvic floor muscles. You can't isolate a region of the body um, to cure certain symptoms. You really have to take a holistic approach. So in order for us to get um, the full 100% proper activation of the pelvic floor and core muscles, you actually have to use the entire body. So you have to do exercises and standing and sitting and, you know, on all fours and in all these different positions to really fully access, you know, the core in its, in its entirety. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of the, the things that my, my method does is it really treats the person as a whole being um, and from head to toe. So you're exercised from head to toe. Um, to elicit these involuntary core muscle contractions. And um, the other aspect of my my method that is really unique is it is truly based around centering the pelvic organs. And I teach a a self-abdominal massage that you can do that Mm -hmm. passively centers your pelvic organs and brings a lot of blood flow to the gut and Um, really improves the lymph and digestion. And then we actively center the organs with these breathing and postural methods. Mm, So cool. So how would this, um, could this positively, or do you work with endo clients or clients with endometriosis? Just a quick break to remind you that if you are not already seed cycling with us, you should be seed cycling with us. The benefits of seed cycling are amazing. They contain so many nutrients that are necessary for hormonal balance, including zinc, manganese, vitamin E, all of the good things, amazing for egg quality. And while seed cycling is not the end picture, like that's not all that you'll have to do to maybe achieve the things that you're looking for in your health, you guys, it is the easiest thing that you can do. So one tablespoon of pumpkin and one tablespoon of flax seeds from your period to ovulation, and then switch to sesame and sunflower. So that is one tablespoon of each of those seeds every single day. You want to be buying whole organic and then grind them before you eat them. The reason why you don't want to buy ground is that they go rancid within a couple weeks. So unless you know where your seeds are coming from, how long they were sitting on the shelf, they're probably rancid by the time you get them, okay? So start seed cycling with us. And as always, if you want to make this even simpler for yourself, that is where Funkit Wellness Seeds can literally change your life. They are organic. They are certified B Corp. All of their seeds are like 
they get them from the best places and you can get them shipped to your door so it literally doesn't get any simpler than that and it's a subscription so literally happy hormone subscription box i can sign up for that yes yes please so you can get yours shipped to your door right now they're only in the u.s so if you are outside of the u.s i apologize but if you are inside of the u.s take advantage of the flash sale that they have going on you can use code leah l-e-a-h 20 to save 20 percent off of your order and you even save already on your subscription so I love seed cycling, but I will say that sometimes it can get hard to stick to because it's hard to find quality seeds and sometimes I forget to grind them and then I don't get my seeds in for the day. So Funkit Wellness makes it super simple. Literally, they're shipped right to my door. They grind them right before they ship them so I know that they're not rancid. They have certified B Corp companies that they get their seeds from, so they're super high quality. They're organic. So yeah, I'm much more consistent with my seed cycling now, thanks to Funky Wellness. Yes, ab- absolutely. I see lots of women with endometriosis. Okay, and, and how um, does this how mm-hmm. does this help them? Because um, I know there's so many different schools of thought about their out there with endo Mm -hmm. where like the one is you have to get surgery. That's the only thing that you can do. And for some, depending, I guess, on their, what level of endo they have, that may be what they need at that time and place. But I know that there's so much else that you can do to support your body along the way. Yes, absolutely. So, um, Surgery is not the only option for women with endometriosis. Um, so endo, endometriosis is um, really an, an autoimmune dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So your immune system is altering your endocrine system and your, you know, your female hormones. And then that results in these areas of, um, you know, scar tissue and kind of like fibrotic adhesions throughout the pelvis and the abdomen. And that's actually scar tissue and fibrotic adhesions are actually a mechanical, physical mechanical problem Mm -hmm. that can be treated with self pelvic and abdominal massage to release these adhesions. And then um, with these postural and breathing techniques that I, that I teach um, will help to detoxify the pelvic and abdominal organs and get things moving again and really bring the necessary blood flow and circulation to the pelvic organs so that um, they can function optimally. So if you have a, you know, if you have a, a woman with endometriosis, really the, the number one thing we want to do here is bring blood flow to her pelvis. We want the uterus to get more blood flow. We want the pelvic floor muscles to get more blood flow because what ultimately leads to the, um, your body sustaining these adhesions in the pelvis is um, ischemia, which means lack of oxygen. And you you get ischemia from lack of blood flow. Because the mm-hmm. blood carries the oxygen to the tissues. So if your core muscles are not functioning optimally and your pelvic and abdominal organs are not getting adequate blood flow, they will become ischemic. They will be lacking oxygen. And lacking oxygen leads to chronic inflammation. Yeah. And usually women with endometriosis also have a lot of gut issues. I've actually Mm -hmm. never even seen a woman with endometriosis who doesn't have gut gut issues. So um, it's, it's really a, um, it's a, it's a condition that um, involves, you know, not only muscular, you know, mechanical issues, but it also involves um, you know, our, our gut, our microbiome and our digestion. Um, but all of those things can be improved with core muscles that are doing their job. Oh, that's wild because you just, uh, I mean, 
they're told so often get surgery and then you have to go on the pill and just suppress any other further growth. And, you know, these women over here are still having digestion issues, chronic pain and bloating, or they want to have a baby. (laughs) The doctor's like, well, (laughs) um, so it's, it's crazy to me how that works. So, um, and, you know, just uh, a side point on that, there's actually, um, for all the women listening who, who do have um, endometriosis, I just want to give you like a really good um, resource. Uh, one of my dear friends and colleagues in Hawaii, her name is Katie Edmonds, um, actually had endometriosis herself and was told she'll never have babies. Um, and just did not accept that was like, that is not my fate. And she did a ton of research and actually became, um, a certified nutritionist and health coach. And she healed herself from endometriosis and now has two beautiful babies. No way. And, um, and so her website is healendo.com. And she has a book out and she's about to publish another book. Um, And she just has like a library of resources and uh, wonderful blogs that that can really, really help women with endometriosis. So every every woman I see with endometriosis, I refer them to this um, to this website, Katie Edmonds. And her her website is healendo.com. I'm going to link that in the show notes for everyone, like trying to okay. frantically write that down. So if you're driving, please yeah. don't text and drive. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. And Katie and I actually work a lot together um, and we'll um, in the future, we'll, we'll be writing a book. Um, but she um, actually has a lot of great blogs about um, my, the methods that I use because I'm Katie's physical therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and so um yeah, it's cool how we all get connected. It's so important. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys are sick of me saying this, but you need a health team, you know, like when things are going Definitely. on, you know, it's not just me that you need to work with. I also, I refer people to Angie all the time, or I'm like, Hey, you need to also go see a therapist or we need, you know, like you need all sorts of people in your corner because your health is a whole body like support system. It's not just one thing that you're going to, that's going to get you there. Absolutely. Yeah. We are, we are integrated completely, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and you you really can't isolate just the physical. You, you have to consider everything that's affecting it because, um, everything is connected. Yeah. So important. So I know people can work with you one-on-one and I'm going to put that information in the show notes because everyone's going to want to work with you after this, but, um, (laughs) I know you have a group program coming out as well. Could you, um, talk about that a little bit for people that are like, Oh, I'm not quite ready for one-on-ones, but I need help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I've created an online program. It's called the Core Recovery Method. And um, it's, it's a program that it's, it's a system of, of 70 videos, actually. And there's, wow. um, four, there's four sections. So it's, it's really comprehensive. It's, um, it really is my entire method um, filmed and, and put online so that you can go through it at your own pace at home. Um, But taking the core recovery online course is like having 10 to 12 one-on-one virtual sessions with me. That's, that's what you'd learn in this course. So there's um, like I said, there's four sections. There is a core education section where I talk about dietary lifestyle, um, behavioral factors that influence pelvic floor dysfunction and core dysfunction. Um, And then I also talk about, you know, the neuromuscular and anatomical and biomechanical aspects of core dysfunction, because I really believe that, you know, knowledge is power. So if you understand 
how your core works and all the things that can influence core dysfunction, um, then, you know, that knowledge is going to empower you to make the necessary changes moving forward. Um, but I put this information together in an extremely simplified form. So it's, it's comprehensive, but it's very simple. Just the basic things you can implement in your daily life to help with these things. Um, I then go on to how you can assess your core, your core muscles to see if they're dysfunctional. Um, and then the next section is core therapy. So this includes postural and breathing exercises that will help to center all of your pelvic organs and decompress your spine. And then there's also the uh, self-abdominal massage that I teach to, that will help you to center your uterus and all of your pelvic organs. And then this section, I also get into real specific um, stretches that are important to, you know, balance out your pelvis and your spine and your hips, as well as um, how to release trigger points that, you know, can cause decreased blood flow and problems in your core muscles. Um, the third section is called hypopressive training. And so this is the breathing and postural method that helps to actively lift and center all of your pelvic organs, decompress your spine, tighten your abdominal and pelvic fascia, and strengthen your core muscles um, so that they, they really function optimally without you having to think about it. So that's, this is the training system that really is based in the subconscious nervous system that elicits those reflexes I was talking about. And then the last section is uh, glute strengthening. That's another really important muscle group for pelvic blood flow. So we talked so much about how important blood flow is to our pelvic organs and our pelvic floor and our core. And, you know, the glutes are the biggest muscle in your body. And right. they actually bring a ton of blood flow to your pelvic floor and your uterus. So if you have weak glutes, you have a weak pelvic floor and you don't have enough blood flow to your pelvis. So wow. strong glutes that are, you know, um, regularly exercised um, lead to a strong pelvic floor and a healthy core and a healthy uterus. And so um, this section just gives you a variety of different routines that you can do to strengthen your glutes. Um, and then there's a couple bonus sections. One of them is a, is a calendar where I kind of put everything that you learned into a calendar. And so really it comes down to about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. That's all you need. And those 30 minutes can be, you know, broken up into like five, 10 minute increments throughout your day. It's not like you have to sit down for 30 minutes straight. It's, you know, I'm a, I'm a new mom. I know you're, you're a mom, Leah, and yeah. we, we just, we don't have time. <laughs> so. <laughs> And so I, I put this whole method into like a really easy to follow, very doable um, calendar that, you know, you, you can really commit like very minimal time to it. That makes sense. Um, and, and then there's a, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And then the last section is just a resources section. So there's, you know, there's certain therapy tools that I recommend. Um, and so I just kind of compiled all those into a, a resources section. So yeah, so it's, it's just a, you know, a, a nice online program that you can progress through at your own pace. And, um, you know, send me, you know, questions like as you as you go along with it. And then we can also do, you know, one on one virtual training with that if, you know, if somebody needs extra help. And for everybody over here thinking that like breathing exercises, like how does that do anything? That sounds so simple. It sounds simple, but they are so hard to do. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh. It, yeah, it sounds simple, but once you get into it and you start feel them, you know, feeling them working, you're like, oh, okay, I, I see how this, <laughs> how this yes. After, so I think it was my second or third session when we finally put a whole flow together. So it wasn't just um, one or two breathing exercises. And the next day I told Seb, I was like, my insides hurt. 
it was like those deep, <laughs> deep muscles were sore, like not the ones you can touch, but like all the inside ones. Yes, absolutely. And, and a lot of that is actually the um, internal fascia. So we have all this white connective tissue that supports all of our internal organs. And so these, um, these hypopressive breathing exercises actually um, really strengthen and align all of that internal fascia in your core. And that's how we're lifting and centering the organs. Mm, so so it's, it's all connected. So yeah. when does your online program come out? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to launch in April. Um, these things always take longer than you think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was hoping to launch in January and then February. Um, but yeah, I'm doing my best. Like I said, it's a lot of content. It's 70 yeah. videos. And so I'm still in the process right now of um, finishing all the edits to the videos and then, you know, uploading them to the website so that it's all, you know, in a nice organized format. But um, I'm working around the clock as hard as I can to, to get this launched. Um, yeah, hopefully by April. Okay, well, I will put the details for that and link your social media and stuff. So when people are ready to jump in and buy, they are, um, they know how to do that. So Thank you Wonderful. so much and for hopping on yeah. and sharing your expertise. Um, I just, I'm Absolutely. so excited for this because I can't teach anything about the physical aspect, but I know it's just so important to happy hormones. It is 100%. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.